This podcast replay is brought to you by KSDT CPA, one of South Florida's largest and one of the country's fastest growing accounting firms. KSDT CPA is a full service firm that also excels in crypto. Visit them at KSDTCPA.com or call 305 670 What's up, Cam? What's up, old man? How you doing, man? You're, the, you're at the Indy Airport already? Yeah, I just landed. Our flight got delayed for a while, so. I heard it's I heard it's raining there right now. Is it raining? Yeah, it's raining. It's it's like fifty degrees. It's not Miami weather at all. Okay. I'm not gonna lie to you. I uh miss Miami already. Yeah, but let's not lie to people. At Indy we rarely are outside. We have the bridges connecting the buildings. So we don't really deal with the elements nearly as much. So let's let's be honest to folks out there. It's not like we're really all gonna be trudging along in the snow all over the place. So that's the good thing about Indies downtown. They kind of uh they kind of make it a little bit more comfortable uh to be able to move around. Uh Cam, uh I before I get into the football talk. Uh, we were just talking about baseball and how, you know, they've eliminated the shift. And so I was I was in the car, and I think it was it was either Saturday or Sunday. I went to go get something, so I turned on some sports radio and some national guys there. And he's, well, we need to make the game easier for guys to play. And I'm sitting there going, this is ridiculous. Like, they don't teach them how to bunt. They don't teach them how to hit opposite fields. You know, players back when I grew, when I'm growing up, if you shifted on Barry Bonds or Cal Ripken or Nomar Garcia-Para or whoever, they would laugh at you going, oh, so you want me to hit it there? Okay, great. You know, I'll, I'll hit it there. You know, it's, it's so funny how the game has changed so much and that even the attitude of it, like it's too hard, that was the idea of baseball. It's the hardest thing to do to hit that little ball with a three-inch bat. I mean, that's kind of the idea. Wait a minute. I, you're, 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 there we go. There we go. Okay, go ahead. Can you hear me? Now we can. Go ahead. Yeah, baseball should be, baseball should be a skill sport. Uh, it frustrated me all the times because you see these shifts where the whole left side of the infield is gone. And it's like, just hit it to the left side. And baseball players these days just do not have an ability to hit it to that side. And it's crazy to me because, like, bunting is not a part of the game. I think it was the Braves that I heard us that they only bunted two times the whole year, 162 games in the playoffs, two times the whole year. Like, that used to be a, a, a skill you practice every day. And so baseball's changed. It's a lot more about – exit velocity to get home runs and that sort of thing. And you miss the fundamentals to the fact that they got to force players to play in their original position so that the players don't get disadvantaged. I, I, so, I, I yeah. can imagine Will Clark or Wade Boggs coming to the plate and you shift on them. And yeah. Oh, that's they'll, easy they'll, money. They'll start like single, laughing single. their asses off. Like, really? Is this what you guys are doing? Okay, great. Boom. They might, they might, oh, they might tell you, I'm going to hit a double. Yes. Right along the right, the third baseline. Right. Like, throw whatever pitch you want. I'm going to hit a double right. on the third baseline. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. All right, let's get into Byron Jones. I got to tell you something, dude. I don't have a lot of sympathy here for this. Um, first of all, Byron Jones acts like he didn't know that football was dangerous and pills and everything else. It's 2023. 
my brother, do you do you happen to know what football is all about? Do you think a coal miner doesn't know by now that their lungs are going to be, you know, kind of bad 20 years in? Do, do you think maybe a policeman knows every day they're putting their lives on the line? Um, and then you're telling me you can't run and jump, but you're not retiring. So uh, it, it sounds like yes. a dude that is trying to make mista- uh, excuses for what's gone on this year. So I've told you guys a little bit about the Byron Jones thing throughout the year, that it, it became more complicated than what his initial injury was. That being said, this is the first time we're hearing from Byron Jones. And I think a lot of this is what you deal with with a player who's been frustrated uh, at the time, you know, whether it's through the team or through his own injuries. You know, this is a guy that was at the peak of his career, and all of a sudden he's got injuries that have led him to a position where he may not be able to be the same player ever again, whether it's retirement or whether he's just kind of hanging on. I think he's looking at the realization that, hey, based on what's happened to me, I'm not going to be the same player. And so, you know, I don't know if I feel sorry for him, but I do think it's like a realization that injuries injuries at any moment can take your career away. And, you know, he hasn't said anything that made me feel like, hey, he's blaming the Dolphins for it. No, I think it's more of just a, a reminder of him realizing that after a career that went really great for him, you know, he was a second-round pick. He made a lot of money. He got a big contract, the highest-paid corner in the league. He, he had a really smooth, great career. And then six or seven years in, he got the bam of the NFL. Like, it can go just like that. And so I think because of that, um, he's getting it, and I think he's trying to cope with it right now. And so more than anything, that's what sits in for me. Um, a lot of times we, we know when those – career-threatening threatening injuries come. You know, sometimes it happens when like a torn ACL, torn Achilles. Some of it, sometimes it happens on a routine cleanup surgery. Like Byron Jones had a routine cleanup surgery that was supposed to happen back in two or three months, and it didn't. It just didn't work out. And so now his tenure in Miami is coming to an end. I was told even before Byron came out here with this that they were going to part ways with him. And so now he's looking at the rest of his career, and it's like, there's a lot of uncertainty when every step of his, his career that he's been in the NFL throughout has not had any uncertainty. And so that part is scary, I'm sure. And then I'm sure he's not having the rehab he wants is scary too. So I feel for him realizing what a lot of players have realized throughout their NFL career. But I don't think this is an indictment about the Dolphins more than it no. is the reality is the NFL. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. I just, uh, I, I don't think he's enlightening anybody about pills and the things that the players go through. I think most players by now, all the information's out there. Their agents will remind them. They know the damage that they're doing to their bodies every single day that they're part of this game. So it's just, it, it, to me, it's just kind of funny. All right, um, Miami needs a middle linebacker in a bad way. And and I got to tell you something. This is the year to need a middle linebacker because I went out to look at it, and you got the white kid in, in Philadelphia, uh, Jermaine Pratt from the Bengals, Tremaine Edmonds from uh, the Bills, obviously, Bobby Wagner, Levante David, David Long Jr. also, although he's had some injuries. Um, there's a lot of linebackers. Who's the guy that is the perfect fit that you think the Dolphins should go after? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I don't. I haven't done enough research, to be honest with you, to figure out who's the perfect fit. Um, 
I think that what's going to be interesting is how much the type of player changes with Bangio's DC. Because whether with Brian Flores or Josh Boyer's defense coordinator, they were always looking for the same style of player, the same sort of Patriot style of player um, that always came about. And now the style drastically changes with yes. Big Bangio. Yes. Now, and so you've got to reteach your scouts, reteach your, your pro scouts and your college scouts of what you're seeking. And at the same token, you got to evaluate who on your roster can fill that. Is Jerome Baker a Vic Bangio linebacker? Is Shannon Tindell a Vic Bangio linebacker? Um, as you look into your own free agents, is Landon Roberts a Vic Bangio linebacker? But these are internal questions they've got to answer first. And then from that, they can decide, okay, who else or how many else? Because we're all looking at one linebacker. It may end up being two or three they have to bring in to, to fill the roles they need to fill in this defense. And so you've got a lot of big splash linebackers. The problem with that position is it's historically been a spot that Chris Greer has not spent on. Chris Greer has not spent on linebackers. He's not spent on running backs. Yeah, Those that, are two but, positions well, that I hear every I, year. I think the running back will stay the same. But what he also does right. is he appeases his coaches. So you know what's going to happen. Right. He's, he's right. going to exactly. need a certain linebacker exactly. to run his defense. Exactly. And the thing about it is you, you paid Vic Bangio four and a half million dollars plus a year. Like, I don't know if the number has been out, but it's, it's more than four and a half million dollars. Tell you guys that he's getting head coach money. And so if Vic Bangio says jump, you're jumping. If Vic Bangio says, I want that guy, you're getting that guy. Well, you, so you, you basically, dude, you basically hired a head coach of the defense. So, you know, exactly. you, that's exactly. the, the idea is yeah. now you don't have to worry about the defense because – Bro, it's in the hands of a, of one of the best in the business. So you're, you know, it's a comfort zone. Should be at least. Exactly. You you listen to it right. The head coach of the defense. That's exactly the term that I expect Mike McDaniel to say whenever he starts to talk about Vic Fangio. Um, and, and that's the reality. And so because of that, whatever Vic says is goes. And so like I don't know Vic. Like I'm just gonna be transparent. Like I I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I don't know Vic super well. And so I'm still learning what Vic wants and what Vic likes. And so I can pick up free agents and say, hey, this guy may play a Vic style or this guy played for Vic back in the day. But the reality is Vic is going to pull on tape. And if Vic says he wants you as middle linebacker, oh, then you're going to be the middle linebacker of the Dolphins. I don't think that's what he's going to think. But if he says that, then that's the way it's going to go. And so the reality is he's going to have a huge say here. I do think that linebacker will be a priority, but that being said, I think I've told you guys before that the defense for Vic Bangio starts with their defensive front, with their defensive tackle position particularly, and then it goes back to their safety position. And so, although I do think like linebacker will be upgraded, I wouldn't be surprised if those two positions I mentioned, defensive line or safety, end up being bigger free agency splashes. And so I want to bring up the name Jordan Poyer because it's a name the Dolphins fans have heard because he's talked on his own podcast about it. And I do think, and I told you this a few weeks ago, and you were like, whoa, what about Brandon Jones? But I do think the Dolphins are going to be in the mix to sign a veteran safety um, this offseason, a guy who can play uh, their too deep zone style of defense that Big Bangio loves to play outside of Javon Holiday, maybe Poyer. And maybe somebody cheaper. But I do think whether in free agency or the draft, they're going to add somebody who can play 
and potentially start those two D safety routes and let Brandon Jones be that third safety, maybe in the box that handle that role. And so who fills that role? Um, it's going to be a key element of that. Who replaces Brandon uh, uh, Byron Jones is going to be another element there. And then the question um, that a lot of people aren't talking about is, are they, is, is Vic Bangio comfortable with what he has in the defensive line? That is currently a spot of Christian Wilkins, Zach Sealer, uh, Raekwon Davis in, in the inside. And then Maywa Agba, um, you're probably looking at a combination of Jalen Phillips and, and, um, and uh, Bradley Chubb on the edge. Is he with that group where does he feel like he needs to add another person to that room? And I suspect he wants to add at least one more notable player to that room. All right, so before I let you go, you got to pick a linebacker. You can't, no fence straddling. I think they are going to go after a linebacker. Which one of those guys would you sign? Um, if I, if salary cap was the issue, Trayvon Evans um, is a great player, and I would love to, to have him. I would want a guy that could grow with this defense. Like Bobby Wagner has been an elite player for a long time, but I'd wonder about two teams giving up one him after a year, essentially, and wondering if he's more of a year-to-year player. Well, the, it, but here's my here bit. here's my counter to that. You got to pay Wilkins. You got to pay Sealer, and you want to pay Jordan Poyer too. So you're also going to pay Tremaine Edmonds. You you got it's a you, lot of money. You, that's what, you're you're going to have to you're going to have to cut. That's why I prefaced my conversation with if salary cap wasn't an issue. Well, well that right? well no, but but we have to live in reality, and so that's why I would go with a Bobby Wagner. If you want to go Poyer, then you can't go Edmonds. You have to correct, go Wagner correct. because it's you're a one. You have to it's a one, one or two year you deal. You have to choose one. Right. You have to choose one between Poyer and Edmonds, and then you would have to go cheaper with the other one. But the problem is. I don't know if Wagner's going to be super cheap, you know. Well, he'll he'll, he'll be cheaper than Edmonds because you don't have to give him a four-year contract or a five-year so, deal that so, you lock him into three. You're really only signing him for one or two years. That's what it is. So he would be cheaper in the guarantees. You'd be able to give yes. him a one or two-year deal and, and lower but number overall. Gonna, lower number I overall. I don't know. I, I think Wagner's still going to want a double double the million a year number, even if it's on a one or two-year deal. You're still paying him ten, twelve. $12 million a year on that deal. It may just be a one-year deal or a two-year deal, but I think you're still paying him double-digit million, which is why I said that's tough to do unless you're ready to win a championship now. Yeah, and by the way, I can guarantee you Chris Greer's specialty is the two-year deal. So it'll be a two-year right. deal. <laughs> he, he doesn't sign people to one. He likes that second year to kind of play with it a little bit, cap-wise and all that stuff. I've noticed that, that uh, they love to do the two-year deal. All right, what do you got going on this week for the NFL Network at, uh, at the Combine? Well, I am riding to my Indy Hotel right now. I will be on NFL Network uh, for sure tomorrow. And probably throughout the week, uh, talking a lot of combine talks, you know, I'm going to have, I actually have a dinner plan and some meetings planned tonight to get some information. Um, I will make Mike McDaniel talks tomorrow at three o'clock. I'm sure I'll talk to the Dolphins either before or after on NFL Network there. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll talk a bunch of the happenings. Like this event is promoted as a draft event, but to me, the bigger element that comes out of this is free agency and trades. Because right now, teams are getting their contracts formulated. Who can they afford? 
what are the price ranges that go about? These are the conversations that happens now. And so I meet with a lot of agents, a lot of coaches, a lot of the scouts around this time and try to give you guys and give myself insight that I don't know about what's going to happen in this free agency period. And so this is a big learning period for me. And uh, hopefully I can return and bring some insights to you guys about what I've I know about the NFL, but I know about the Dolphins. All right, we look forward to it. Follow him on Twitter at Cameron Wolf and catch his work there at the NFL Network. Cam, as always, appreciate you. I'll see you in a couple days there in Indy, my friend. For sure, man. Looking forward to it. You got it. There you go. Cameron Wolf, baby, coming through that the Wolf Pack has been unleashed. This podcast replay is brought to you by KSDT CPA, one of South Florida's largest and one of the country's fastest growing accounting firms. KSDT CPA is a full service firm that also excels in crypto. Visit them at KSDTCPA.com or call 305-670-3370. All right, Cam. Let's, uh, oh, he looked at him. He's on the phone. He's like Sagwa Fair. He's okay. everywhere. Gotcha. Right, turn off his mic. Turn off his mic. Turn off his mic. Turn off his mic. All right. Uh, yeah, he's on the air. He's on the radio, on on the phone. We don't we don't want to uh, pick up whatever his conversation is. He's ready to go. Let's go. Let's bring him aboard. We unleash the wolf pack. There he is. How you feeling, baby? You feeling good? I'm Rating. ready to go. I'm ready to go home, man. <laughs> rainy. Yeah, today's a shit day. It's raining and cold, bro. Yeah, it's rainy. It's cold. It's like day three or four of the combine. These days blend together. Uh, this is kind of like uh, Vegas. I compare this to Vegas. I do like two or three days, and I think I'm good. I, I've, I've done all I can do as far as the the out scene, the night, the trying to get connections and and info. And um, I just need a good night's sleep in my own bed and not not drink for one day. Yeah, actually, my, my the Airbnb I'm at right now, the right. The, the bed has sucked, bro. I've I've gotten yeah. I've gotten shitty sleep the last three nights. Actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I can't wait to go home tomorrow. Yep. And, uh, and get in my goddamn bed. Um, dude, let me ask you something. Why do we have lazy media? Like in the Herald today, there's, oh, the Dolphins could be delaying their decision. It would be a smart move if they're considering Lamar Jackson. And it's like, how many times do they have to tell you that, like, is the guy, bro? And, and why would people even talk about Lamar when they don't have picks to trade? Right. They have to work to get money under the con under the cap. They got to re-sign Wilkins and Sealer, and you know then they got to improve their team around to uh, all that kind of stuff. First of all, it makes no sense to go get Lamar when Tua is the better passer anyway. So you know, to me, none of this makes any sense. But why is this clickbait shit still around when it's been like documented? I don't know how many times McDaniel and Greer are telling you. They're moving forward with Uno. This is a time of year where, you know, drama sells. Um, it, it's a it's a topic that's fun and interesting. Lamar, the thing about the Lamar situation, and you talk to a lot of people here in the combine about it, there's a lot of uncertainty. People just don't know what's going to go on with him, what's going to go on with the Ravens' decision with him. And so everybody's just trying to pick pieces. And obviously, Lamar's been very clear about his feelings of South Florida. It's his hometown. And so it's an easy connection to make. Oh, Lamar's from South Florida. Right. He's there. People have always have a lot of questions about Tua. And so I think that's probably the easy route to go connection-wise. But I haven't heard anything to make me believe that that you know, that's any realistic possibility. And so, yeah, that, that's that's this time of year. You're going to hear, you know, wild things. I was joking. I was chatting with the Bears general manager, um, 
yesterday up at the stadium when we were doing the concourse. And I was like, man, how much, how many uh, texts and emails do you get from friends about what you should do with the number one pick and all these proposals, trades, and this all stuff? And he's like, yeah, the craziest part is they're always like wild proposals, like things that are not realistic. I'm like, oh, like the Bears should trade number one for Patrick Mahomes. And that'll be the story, right? And and somebody say, I saw somewhere that the Bears are going to trade number one for Patrick Mahomes. And it all cycles, it becomes a thing. And it's like, this was never this was never realistic. And so um, we get a lot of that this time of year. But I think Lamar in particular becomes a hot rod for a lot of teams because he does not, there's no certainty on where he's going to go. And obviously he's, you know, you have your feelings about Lamar, but Lamar's a dynamic, game-changing player for a lot of franchises. So you insert him there, it changes a lot, and it's a hot topic to debate. You know? I still I still think he gets tagged. Yeah. He doesn't sign the tag. He holds out. He doesn't get traded anywhere because I mm-hmm. don't think anyone is going to give him his contract that he wants. Right. Nobody's going to give up multiple picks and a, and a fully guaranteed deal. Right. To a guy that has gotten injured a lot the last two years and missed a lot of games. Yeah. And he needs his legs in order to be an effective quarterback. Yeah. And so to me, I think this situation is only going to get uglier. And I wonder if Baltimore will be trying to get a backup plan in the process just in case. Yeah, it's Baltimore's really in no man zone because like you're not in a position to start over and draft a quarterback like where they're drafting. Um, and they built this team essentially around Lamar. And so because of that, it's like you're, you're essentially stuck. But you have a quarterback who's wanting guarantees that are very significant. And they're, the realistic part is you have a quarterback that runs a lot. You know, are you? Well, wait a minute. They do have a Pro Bowl backup running a quarterback. They, have, they, do have a, they do have a Pro Bowl backup quarterback. You can say that. <laughs> um, but the reality is there's a big drop off between Lamar and Tyler Huntley. And so they, they have to figure out their situation because uh, it's very dangerous in their view, probably to guarantee him the type of money that he's trying to be guaranteed with the amount of running he does, the the propensity he has to potentially get injured. But in the same token, you are nothing as a team if he's not there. And so he has a lot of leverage. The tag makes a lot of sense until you get to that number. But we've seen this thing become a little toxic toxic at times in yeah. the media with the IG posts. And so you got to be very careful, especially with a guy like Lamar, um, how you go about this process, what the messaging is. And so this is a really delicate, delicate situation. And I honestly don't know how it's going to turn out. I always was the, of the view that if you have a true franchise quarterback, a guy that you love, you don't let him get away. There's no way. It's just teams don't do that. But this situation does feel a little bit weird. You got players on the team calling out the general manager for his comments on Twitter. Rashad Bateman put out some tweet where he's talking – you know, essentially calling them out. And this is a guy who they drafted um, two years ago. And so there seems to be a lot of disconnect for a team that for a while had been one of the standards of the league of how they do things. And it seems like right now it's they're in a, little, a lot of flux. Um, Stephen Ross apparently is doing it all wrong, bro. You, <laughs> you don't build a hospital on the facility. You don't build a new facility. A practice facility. You don't treat your players right. You got to do it the Kansas City Chiefs way. <laughs> you're not injured. What? 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 Your arm fell off. Get out of here. You got another arm. Get out there on the field. 
you, you got to go the Kansas City cheap way. Come right. on. Oh, right. I mean, the, you know, the Dolphins are number two in the league. Kansas City's 32. And I know what they're doing. They're matching their draft status. Right. Down in the bottom of the draft. So, I mean, this is the key now. Treat, yep. you, you, you've seen those relationships, yep. right? Yep. The guy treats a woman like shit. The woman treats a guy like shit. Yet they're kissing their ass, right? That's the key. Steven Ross has got to reverse this. We got to go back to Biscayne College. We got to start eating, you know, salt pills, not water in between practices. Three days now. Right. Come on, let's go. Right. And so you're referring, obviously, to the NFLPA uh, surveys that came out and and where they listed teams and the team. There's a lot of teams that had some ugly ratings, some ugly, ugly ratings. And the KC was the training staff. I think they got a D minus. I believe was their grade there. And so Dude, they said they don't trust the guy. Yes. <laughs> that's a wild thing to say that's wow. wild wow how does that guy go back to work yes. and look at those people and you know what he probably had a couple disagreements with certain players he probably knows he could probably guess a couple of the players that probably trashed him yeah you know yeah. what I'm saying and the good thing for the, I guess for them to be able to be honest is this thing is this thing is uh, anonymous. You, you know, it's public, but it's also anonymous. You don't have to put a name on it because I'm sure they're like, hey, you know, I got to go back in that locker room. But at the same token, I think this is a cool survey because it gives you insight to what players are thinking, what they're talking about. And these are things that we don't talk about a lot because we don't know. Um, we don't know who, you know, the guys are not going to be truly honest of my trainer sucks or our fit. Like some guys will as far as the facilities, yeah. but most guys are not going to be, hey, we've got the worst facility in the league, but it also gives guys perspective, which I think helps for like free agency. If you're yes. sitting around the league, a team that like that, that's awful in certain categories and it's even with the money, maybe that's a difference maker and split. You see a team that's number two in rankings and how they treat their players based on what other players think a team that's 31. Obviously I'm going to want to go to where they treat. treat hey, by, by the way, I'm obviously I'm joking. Okay. Right. With all of this. Yes. But all kidding aside, this, this freaking team played hard all year long. They could have beaten Buffalo. Yep. Okay, if McDaniel makes a couple of the right calls there, they might he might have put his team in position to beat Buffalo in the playoffs. So in a way, uh, treating them right might – or doing things the right way. I'm joking, of course. I think they are doing things the right way. It, it is paying off because, really, all we ever hear is praise of Mike McDaniel. Mm -hmm. All we ever hear is praise of the Dolphins – facilities and everything that goes on, you never hear players complain about that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. right? So in a way, I, you know, this this new Dolphins front office, coaching staff, and then everything else, all the amenities, you're really headed in the right direction, all kidding aside. Yeah, absolutely. And I got to go in a sec to get ready for our TV I hit. But um, I think that a, a good element for the Dolphins to have is you always want – people to speak well of you in rooms that you're not in, right? That's the whole saying yeah. for uh, any business. But for them, especially as you try to build this team, it helps that you know you're not going to get screwed when you go to this different place. Like even one of the other things, just kind of seeing a player talk about, hey, there are rats in the facility in, in, in Jacksonville. Like if I see that, why would I like – I mean, they're if they pay me enough money – 
I, maybe I just wear, I just <laughs> put my put my my shoes on and just never take my shoes off in the locker room and keep flushing. Right. But if if it's not if it's close, why would I go to that sort of environment? So I think it helps Miami a lot as far as their perception for people who are not in Miami to get them to want to come be. Do you know the John Madden story back in the AFL with uh, mm-hmm. they're playing the Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah, and so they tell Madden. Hours before, hey, John, we've got rats in the stadium, in the, in the locker rooms. Right. And he goes, really? And he goes, are they also in the visiting locker room? He goes, yeah. He goes, leave them there. Yep. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And so so he goes, don't worry. I'll take care of it. And so then Kansas City comes in. John walks over to Hank Stram and says, hey, Hank, I'm sorry. I hate to tell you this, but, you know, you might want to warn your players. Uh, we, You know, this just happened to us. We just figured out there are rats inside our locker rooms. So be careful. So yeah. the so many players in Kansas City were changing, standing on top of the bench. So Madden was already playing with their minds right. before the game because because of that. One more thing before I let you go. Huh? Jordan Poyer signs with the Dolphins. What's the percentage? <laughs> I don't know at this stage. I'm not going to lie to you and just make up a number. Uh, um, I'm going I'm to ask you to make up a number. Let's go. I, I do think it. I think there's a. I say twenty percent. I think that he he's you know I don't think it's a super high high probability at this stage because uh, the reality is he's at a position that they do have one player at and he's going to command probably double digit million dollars so you got to figure out is this how we want to allocate our money um, but it would obviously be a a dream uh, secondary with him and Javon Holland and you know he wants to be here so he made well, that it's the Fangio needs elite cover safeties yeah he and, does. He does. And the, the thing about that, as a team building perspective, you have to decide how much do you allocate there because you're going to have to pay Javon in a year or two. Um, you're already paying X. Um, and so how much do we allocate to that secondary group? I think there's a team that in past had been heavy. X, X is gone next year, just between you and me. So the, the this has been a team that spent heavy money on the secondary. The Byron thing obviously didn't figure out figure out i think they'll become a team that transitions a little bit more of their money balance throughout the defense more to the front as they got to pay christian as they're paying bradley um you know eventually Jalen. these are things that yeah yeah you have to figure out how you shift the money and so it's hard to to end up allocating that but that being said if the the number's right and you you figure out a way to make it it happen right because jordan poirier javon holland that would be special that'll be special all right you're special Follow yeah. him on Twitter at Cameron Wolf. He'll be home soon. Cam, we'll catch up next week, my friend. Appreciate Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Have a good right. one. Safe travels. There you go. Cameron Wolf. He's out here in Indianapolis.